Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. everyone, it's uh, Roxanne Durhage of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Thanks for tuning again, in again uh, this week. Uh, today I have a guest, Rev Shell, and uh, Rev does some pretty fascinating work um, involving women. So I'm just going to read what uh, you know her bio says a bit, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about her. Uh, she basically is guided to emo- um, emotionally conscious women as they connect the dots between their mother wound to issues like relationships, careers, uh, finances, fertility, health, and parenting. So the overall systems that would impact their life. And she does this in various ways uh, by paradigm shifting, which is evidence-based, a trauma-informed healing experience that breaks generational and subconscious styles, cycles, sorry, of pain between mothers and their daughters. So, Ravshal, tell... tell, uh, the listeners a little bit about your background, because obviously you do a lot of trauma related work, but you've got a fascinating background that you've been with me. So share with uh, uh, the listeners what kind, a bit about your actual background. Sure. Thank you so much, Roxanne, for having me on your show. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. And um, I think this is such a timely conversation with everything that's going on in the world. So uh, I am an actual full service metaphysical minister. I'm a minister of like what I like to call a minister of the woo. Um, it's really, I do a lot of spiritual counseling, energetic counseling, and that. Um, I am a family constellation facilitator as well as a clinical hypnotist. And so the work that I do uh, with mothers and daughters and um, uh, healing the mother wound comes from the, that framework and I use those particular tools. And I can talk a little bit more about what those tools are and how they all work together um, in healing the mother wound if you like. Absolutely, because I, you know, I, I, I'm thinking that I'm not sure exactly what it means. Okay. So I think if I'm thinking it, I'm sure others listening are like, "Oh, that sounds interesting," but, but what is it? Like, what's a mother wound, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and what's what's family consolation? Those sure. types of things. So obviously, in our clinical kind of um, spiritual circles, we might understand it, but sometimes people are tuning in because they just want to learn a little bit more Absolutely. based on what we're discussing. So you share with us and explain to us as best as possible what what these things mean. Absolutely. So um, let's start. So a mother wound uh, is really represents the wound and and really the story that we hold internally and even the body held uh, generational and childhood trauma that we carry associated with the way that we were either over mothered or under mothered. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we classify that as a mother wound. And there are lots of other different definitions. you know, there are collective definitions of the mother wound and how patriarchy affects that. I, my wheelhouse tends to be individual family systems and individual people. Um, and so that's the, the framework that I, that I come from. 
really at the core of it, our first love relationship or our first understanding of relationship, love and connection is that with our mother. And, and that would be with our birth mother. And so this can apply to people who were raised by their mother, uh, even people who were um, maybe adopted or were not raised by their birth mother. Uh, the ways that that relationship happened and manifested absolutely affects us for the rest of our life. It's the way that we learn attachment. It's the way that we learn trust and nurturing. And um, it's the way that we learn boundaries or lack of them. It just affects so many ways that we operate in the world. And so what I like to do when uh, the work that I do with my clients is uh, I have a client who comes to me and they'll say something like, you know, every, um, every relationship that I have, I tend to get walked over and nobody respects me. And, you know, they end up cheating on me and they leave. Right. Okay. All right. Um, normally we would just hold that as our own personal failure in relationships. And what I try to do with clients is uh, through the family constellation model is two parts. It's one part family mapping and it's one part family constellations. So family mapping is, um, it's the process in which we use core language, uh, very specific questions, uh, body awareness to really map the uh, generational story that we carry from us to our mother to our grandmother mm -hmm. um, and how this trauma that we think we carry personally really has probably sat in our family system for generations. And so family mapping is the process of uncovering the facts of the family and putting that story together so we can understand where the root of our issue goes uh, back through um, what I call the family soul, being a minister, or what some people would call family systems. It's kind of the same thing. So potentially it might lead into if I, let's say I'm in a relationship and I think I'm not good enough, like to your point, I might be, that may be a thought just hanging in the air and yeah. I'm not finding the roots or the story that may have been passed on potentially from say my maternal grandmother to my mother to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then it kind of shows up in a relationship. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I'm not good enough. Um, you know, I, the first relationship that we look at is, you know, how would you describe mom? And the words that you use to, to describe the members of your family, your mom and your dad, really tell a lot about that relationship. And then we go a little bit deeper and there are some other qualifying questions that we ask. And it's really like the mapping session is a really intense intake session. And then mm -hmm. once we have all the facts of the family, we start to connect the dots. And so I'm not good enough, you know, traces back to mom who didn't feel good enough, who traces mm. back to grandma who tried her best to please her mom. And, and, you know, this is a real simplified version of it, but there are all these pieces that just weave together where there's this generational story of I'm not ever good enough. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I don't need to have boundaries because I need you to love me. And no, I don't need to have self-esteem because why, you know, there's all these, um, and we can usually pinpoint very clear moments in time where that trauma happened or that break happened, or there's a specific incident where that, that story got cemented down either in our body or our mother's mm -hmm. body or, um, you know, grandmother's body. And it was just carried epigenetically uh, down through the system. Mm -hmm. So once we have that system understanding, uh, we really then get to create the way and understand the way that we carry that story internally. And so constellations then become an experiential moment where we get to take that story and really bring it out of our body. So depending upon whether we're working in a group or whether we're working individually, we get to have what we call healing conversations that shift the energy, the way that we hold that story, um, and hopefully uh, 
uh, find resolution. So some of that might look like um, speaking words that you needed to speak, speaking generational words that you needed to speak, uh, passing back the responsibility of carrying that pain back to the person that it, that is, is, it owns it, right? Where it originated, shifting that, that responsibility back. Um, it looks like sitting with an emotion that maybe you have long denied or maybe that you have long buried and allowing it to be honored so that it's not sitting in there festering in your body, you know, for, for however long it's been there. It's about then working energetically to move that, that emotion, um, that story out of your body into action. So maybe it will be really somatic practices what I'm talking about here. So whatever your body leads you to movement, it leads you to complete is usually where, where you go. For some people that's um, crying, for some people that's rocking back and forth, for some people that's going on a long run, for some people that's heavy exercise, for some people it's just meditating. And so whatever your body is leading you to do is how it's leading you to complete that story and move into resolution. Then I use um, clinical hypnosis with clients to then, after we've worked in the system of the family, through the story, through the constellation, and then um, I work with my clients using hypnosis to then, um, for lack of a better word, disconnect the triggers unroot uh, the subconscious connections that we have to that story so that we can move forward in a new story and in healing. And so those three tools together uh, make up the body of work that I use uh, in mother wound healing. So let's, let's go back to something basic. And this is a very basic thing for you and I based on our backgrounds, but define a trigger to someone that maybe they're listening to this going, what, what is, what is she talking about? So what, what is a trigger? Because uh, you know, sometimes people just assume that that's part of them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an angry person. Um, I'm a depressed person. Uh, I'm an overreactive person or I'm, I'm overly sensitive. And it becomes an attribute that they internalize as being like um, something that has always been. Yeah. yeah. So would you mind describing that to people sure. so that they understand? Yeah. Okay. So a trigger. Um, when we when we experience something that disrupts our nervous system, right? And we'll and we'll use we'll use something because there's all kinds of triggers, but we're going to use something that that would be more trauma centered. So um, something happens to us and uh, it disrupts our nervous system. Uh, we have an emotion connected to the memory of that event that then elicits within our body, within our subconscious, a response that is meant to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. So if there was something that you experienced as a child, um, you may have long forgot about it, especially if it was like between, you know, uh, in utero to maybe say five before hippocampus really starts to organize memory. Anything that we experience really sits in our body. And so a lot of our triggers are completely subconscious and we have no idea what they are until we start doing healing work. Um, but let's just say you were uh, abused as a child. And there was a very specific incident that really was the crux of your dysregulation. Um, Maybe during that time, you created an affinity or a connection to a smell or somebody uh, to a smell of like a person or an environment or um, somebody said that you pick out a word from that time, you uh, connect visually to an image. And so it's something that um, you see, feel, hear, touch, um, something that you experience has, has the potential 
to take you years later right back to that emotional place that you felt during that moment where you were being harmed. And so when we're talking about the family systems and we're talking about the constellation work, we can work in the family systems, but unless we actually kind of pull out that triggering event and disconnect the emotion from the sensation or the emotion from um, the, the event, you're always going to be connected to that through a trigger. Hypnosis mm. is a really good way to disconnect that trigger from that event so that you can deal with it just as a memory alone without the coordinating uh, emotion that elicits that response, that anxiety, that depression, that, um, mm. that whatever manifestation of that trigger has within you. So that's pretty fascinating. So let's now talk about hypnosis. So you, you know, we figure out um, the person's trigger, you go back, you tell the narrative of the generational narrative about kind of why they may have developed this trigger. Mm -hmm. um, and then you go back to, um, you know, having them rooted in their body, potentially mm -hmm. uh, timeline wise. It's mm -hmm. not unlike what we do in EMDR, which is kind of doing a trauma timeline. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like you said, you know, prior to the formal uh, memory development under age seven, most of it is stored in the body. Yeah. And then sometimes people go, well, I have no reason to believe that this is affecting me, but my heart's racing or, you know, all those things, all, all those autonomic things that get triggered when it's not mm -hmm. conscious. Mm -hmm. So how do you then, because, mm -hmm. um, you know, not, not knowing a lot about hypnotherapy, I know bits, but not a lot of it. How yeah. do you then use hypno, hypnotherapy um, to kind of help them? I'm going to use the word re-imprint or yeah. um, disassociate in a positive way with, with the event. So um, I'm, I'm trained in a particular type of uh, hyp hypnotherapy uh, called cellular release and cellular command. And cellular release uses a, um, uh, an idiomotor response while in hypnosis where myself and my client communicates um, and makes an agreement to uh, with their subconscious to uh, release their connection to this trigger or to this event. And so when hypnosis, how hypnosis works is it really helps you to relax so deeply that we can bypass the conscious mind to get into the subconscious mind, which is where all these triggers are, are held, right? And so once we, once we get there, there's a series of questions, there's a protocol that I follow that helps you to then agree um, to release your connection to that trigger, to that event, to you know, disconnect the emotion. That's the, really the icing on the cake because we've done so much pre-work with this, with the mapping part of it, where we actually, mm -hmm. you get to cognitively understand why you are the way you are and why you react the way you react. And then we go through to the, the um, constellation, which is really the somatic cementing of that, that, that story in your body. We've done work around how to create a new story out of that. And so the hypnotic work is really just the icing on the cake that says, after I've done all this work, my, I'm going to make sure that my subconscious also agrees to release this trigger. And so it's just, a, you know, our subconsciouses are just magnificent. Um, they're very basic and very simple, but they're also magnificent protectors of us. And so if our subconscious can understand that there's a new story that can protect us, they can release the old story, which is the trigger that was meant to protect us. So it's a matter of releasing one and replacing it with a new story of being protected. So let's go back to my example that I, if I feel like I'm not good enough. Yeah. 
and you've done the consolation, you've done the somatic release, which, and somatic means the body. The body generally stores the emotion somewhere, um, you know, and then sometimes the body holds on to it and that's the last part to go. And then eventually you release it somehow yeah. in your, your technique, uh, EMDR kind of like similar, but different. Yeah. And then um, you get to the point where then you can have the person when the thought comes up again, mm-hmm. Rev. Michelle, then, then how does the hypnosis impact? I'm not good enough. Like yeah. what, what, how, just cause I'm trying to understand it in my brain and I'm yeah. assuming others listening are trying to un- kind of line it up also. Well, the purpose of hip- hypnosis is to uh, reinvent the message that your subconscious is carrying. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite sure I think we're speaking the same language, just having a little bit different conversations. By the time we get there and you are, you are consciously and now subconsciously in agreement that this is uh, no longer going to be what drives you, what elicits that response, your subconscious mind will fall in line with that. Mm-hmm. And so what happens when we, when we, when we do um, you know, a, a hypnotic release, uh, it just disconnects that that trigger from that memory. And so you just get to experience that memory as a memory alone with no emotion connected to it. Mm -hmm. So you can observe it like you're a reporter. You can observe it like you can see it happening across the street, but you don't feel like you're in it and your body's not responding like you're in it because you've disconnected those, uh, those, those triggers, those lines of connection to the emotion and the event, if that makes sense. So when you're in the situation again, and someone is trying to make you feel not good enough, mm-hmm. but it's them trying to make you not feel good enough, you're able to kind of almost separate yourself from the situation to say, oh, this, it doesn't this, isn't, about, this isn't about me. Yeah. It doesn't land the same. Okay. That, that fertile soil that, that used to receive that, that uh, comment or used to receive that emotion or that feeling doesn't exist anymore. It's now healed up. And what's right. been placed in there is self-love, self-appreciation, mm. boundaries, um, an understanding of systems and how they work and what's yours and what's not yours. So the foundation in which you operate just starts to shift. And th- what used to hit you doesn't hit you the same. I like that. I like that because it's, it's, and, and like I said, I do EMDR, which is about the same things, right? Because it's almost like, oh, it's exciting. like, it's like a plug that, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden you, you unplug it yeah. and it's lost its charge. And if you put it back together again, there's not that same charge anymore. It's like you said, yeah. it's the, it's, you can look at it, you can look at it and go, Oh, that did happen. Yeah. But my reaction to it is, is different. I kind of look at it in a different way and exactly. don't blame myself and recognize I was five years old or my parent was not a, a, available or there maybe wasn't the safety that was needed and yeah. things like that. So people can dialogue in a bit of a different way with themselves. Especially, yeah. And especially with mother wound healing, the big part of that, like the post work, the homework part of it is understanding what does it mean to then um, do a couple of things. Number one, allow your mother to love you in the way that she can love you versus the way you expect her to love you. Because mm. though that disconnect right there is such a, a source of heartbreak and heartache for mom and daughter, but it also allows you to then step into the position as an adult to then reparent and to um, really connect with the inner child within you. And it helps you to recognize when you're responding from your wounded inner child versus responding as the adult you. And so when you start to respond as from your wounded inner child, um, you recognize it 
in a different way than maybe you wouldn't before. And you can calm and soothe and reassure and do all the things that you used to pull and need mom to do. You actually get to learn how to do it for yourself. And that's a big part of the, you know, the, the final piece of this is what does it then mean to reparent your inner child? So you can soothe yourself with the things that you didn't have because your mom potentially, you know, she gave you what she could with what she had in front of her at that time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So let's, let's talk about um, fear and love, right? Mm -hmm. And talk a little bit about the state that we're in now with, with the, all the uncertainty and things like that and kind of talk about how, this may be impacting people. Um, so I, we know that everybody, you know, obviously we've, we're social beings. We're accustomed to having those, you know, face-to-face connections as mammals. We need that to be able to, but we've kind of now had to withdraw and learn how to kind of do that, you know, in different ways virtually. And some people that maybe are struggling, were struggling before, I'm, I'm going to assume they're struggling a little bit more. So yeah. t- tell me what you, I mean, what you know with you, with your uh, clients and maybe, you know, what c- kind of things maybe people might be experiencing that they're not understanding why they're being as impacted um, about the element of fear and where the, the state of the world is right now. Yeah. So a couple of things I want to say before we start that. So number one, um, I, I think we have to start with the place. And a lot of people don't know this or don't understand it is start with the place, the place of we are all connected and what happens to one happens to the other. And there is a collective energy that is impacting right now the planet in a way that it's never done before or not in our lifetime, I should say. And so we're in new territory completely new territory for most of us. Um, And so if we have that understanding, perhaps it can help us usher in a little bit of grace in the way that we deal with each other, in the way that we deal with our family members that, you know, are on top of each other right now, in the ways that we have no space to move about. It's just that we are all, um, we're all in this. And the other thing is that understanding, um, I, you know, I, as a, as a minister, as a holistic practitioner, I look at things from the mind, body, spirit connection or, you know, perspective. And um, so that was the, you know, that was the spirit perspective, right? Spiritually, we're all connected. Energetically, we're all connected. Um, Body wise, there are very physical things happening in the, in the Mm -hmm. world right now. People are absolutely getting ill. People are absolutely dying. There are physical needs that are not being met with jobs and money and, and, and all that stuff is very real, right? So none, none of this is meant to negate any of that because it is all very real. But there's this emotional uh, part of what's happening right now as well. And all three of these are all connected, right? So we all have to balance all of that within our own personal life and our own families and in our own communities and ultimately the world. But emotionally, I think what um, is happening right now, and, and I think... Uh, for me, and I'm going to talk for myself because I think that this is this really is a collective issue, is um, with all the collective emotional unrest that's happening, people are not feeling safe, people are not feeling secure, we don't know what normal looks like anymore, all the, there's a lot of grief, a lot of anger, and so our nervous systems are overtaxed and hypervigilant right now. They are just working on overdrive. And so we don't, um, I think that's the biggest part of what is happening right now. And so nobody, um, so what we're experiencing with people in their anger and their frustration is really their inability to self-regulate because there's so much of it right now. And self-regulating is, um, I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt and I hope you can edit this out, but right in front of my door, the gardeners are going by with a blower. Um, 
That's okay. It's part. It's a part it. of. It's part okay. of being authentic, Red Michelle. <laughs> there you go. I just well, want to make sure you can hear me. <laughs> that's okay. I guess okay. they're doing their job. That's all right. right? Why, why? Why edit it out? It's what's happening. It's all it's, right it's, then. <laughs> so, um, so, so what I'm what I'm being tasked with and what I'm being nudged to do is um, how to have the conversation about what creating that internal safety and that internal. Um, uh, um, normal is for us now like what's the baseline what because we used to have a baseline but now what's the baseline for us to be able to find this safe and secure place uh, within ourselves um, so that we can self-regulate so that we can then help our children self-regulate so that we can then you know bring that into the community just in our you know our minimal interactions with community but how do we self-regulate so we can then shift the energy that's in the collective right now um, what I do know is if our foundation, kind of going back to mother wound, right? If our foundation is one of uncertainty, is one of trauma, is one of abuse or being not safe or not having our needs met, if we grew up with food insecurity, if we grew up with parents who um, had uh, uh, employment insecurity, this time right now is especially triggering. Um, and um, it's normal, I think, for people to respond with some of the ways that they are responding. Um, but how do we regulate that, right? Yeah. What is it that we can do? So, uh, um, you know, I only, I know the tools that I use, uh, you know, a lot of breath work, um, yeah. spending time quiet, disconnecting, like absolutely. I'm not saying don't be informed because, you know, a lot going on, we got to know what's going on, but mm -hmm. really being intentional about where you get your media, how much media you digest, um, and, and what you allow other people to, to bring to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm in a spiritual community. We tend to be really ripe with conspiracy theories and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. And I'm like, people. <laughs> yeah. I'm only, only going to listen to this much. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm a holistic practitioner, but I also believe in science because science yeah. and holistic and energy work is really, they really do go hand in hand with each other. Um, they're not disconnected from each other. And so I need to hear what are the doctors saying? How do we, how do we heal this within our body? So limit the amount of information that you intake. And that might mean setting some boundaries with people around you. Absolutely. Um, and and yeah. to speak to the element of um, epigenetics. Yeah. What we know is what we internalize and epigenetics, uh, the founder of epigenetics, um, you know, is Bruce Lipston. And he recently, he did a two hour um, webinar the other day that I, I, I listened to the replay. And what he talked about was like, yes, we know this is real, right? Mm -hmm. However, what's more important and the only thing we truly have to control over is our immunity. Yeah. And if you think about that, if we're all energy to what Rochelle is saying, Mm -hmm. we need to be able to take care of our soul. We need to take yep. our body. We need to take our yeah. thoughts and our emotions because after this is, and we will get through this, we will get through this um, for sure, but it will be the, 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 the backdrop of all the people that have been stressing unnecessarily. That's, that's what good, is going to be the bigger epidemic in the, in the long run because yeah. to health concerns that you're talking about, people that have, you know, are not sleeping, people that are not doing the things to really nurture and be kind to themselves, yeah. people, their immunity is going to be down. And that's the impact that we're going to see after we've yep. gone back to the new normal. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, some, some really good authors around epigenetics. Um, Dr. Joy DeGruy, she wrote a book called Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, and she talks about the effects, uh, the epigenetic effects of um, um, uh, enslavement here in the U.S. on the Black population. Uh, Rachel Yehuda talks about um, the effects, the epigenetic effects of uh, Holocaust victims. Um, and there's uh, Mark Wolin, It Didn't Start With You, which really is, was the foundation of the work that I do. I, I picked up a Mark Wolin book a few years ago, started to read it, put it down, ended up connecting with a person um, for a podcast that I used to host. And um, she was a student of Mark's and I learned my work through her. So, you know, I feel like Mark Wolin is like my, you know, family constellation uh, grandpa. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, the book, It Didn't Start With You really talks so this breaks down not just um, what epigenetics are, but how you can use things like mapping and constellations and a core language approach to start to uncover some of those patterns and hidden loyalties. So if you can send those names of those books, we'll put it in the show notes because yeah, I think absolutely. people will probably be looking for a lot more resources once yeah. they kind of understand some yeah. of the things that we've discussed today. I, I anticipate um, out of this comes a generation uh, of children. Because, you know, if you think about women who are pregnant now, women who are birthing now, um, in the midst of all of this, there's a lot of uncertainty. Mothers are being separated from their children at birth for no reason because of, you know, safety reasons. Like there's all kinds of things happening. And I, and I not fear, but I am, I, I can, I think in 20 years, we can draw a direct line back to this time uh, with children who, or with young adults who suffer from even more anxiety, uh, more depression, more uncertainty. Like, you know, they'll have really weird um, uh, things happening in their life that they can't really explain. Like they don't really have any conscious memory of something happened to them, but they have these feelings of never being safe or this insecurity around money and around, um, you know, toilet paper. I don't know. Right? <laughs> but it's like, there's, I, I can almost guarantee you there will be a line, a direct line to back here to um, in about 20 years that we'll be able to pinpoint a lot of people's subconscious connections to this time. And the way so let's, let's talk about, you know, what can people do now? Like you talked about breath. We talked about nutrition. We talked about quieting the mind. And when we mean quiet, we mean turning on all you know, turning off the things that, you know, maybe people are doing too much of like, like Netflix and media and YouTube. Yeah. Just yeah. Complete silence, you know, is yeah. something which I know is hard, but that again, will, will again, get the nervous system to, to relax a bit because to your point it's it's on overdrive. What, what, uh, what else, Revshel would. I, I think connecting to the things that bring you joy are really important right now because we're, we're over inundated with so much other emotion. Yeah. Find something that brings you joy or reconnect because we know we have all this time in our hands for some of us who, you know, um, have to work from home or we're just kind of home and we can't really go anywhere. What hobby did you stop doing because life got really busy? Can you go back and do something that brings you joy? Mm. Um, you know, can, how do you, uh, how are you connecting deeper with people who mean the most to you? Um, have conversations with friends that you haven't had in a long time. And I know these sound like really simple things, but these do a couple of things. Number one, they start to um, regulate our nervous system. They start to regulate our emotions. They make us feel like things are a little bit normal again. Um, and that brings the heart rate down, brings the, you know, it brings down the stress hormones. It puts us in this 
better place um, body-wise so that we're not operating on this high level of stress and anxiety. So anything that you can do that you enjoy doing that brings down the stress and anxiety level in your body. If you can get out, go to an unpopulated place in nature, enjoy the fresh air. Um, I personally, like this is my office at home, I set up a table outside of my backyard so that I can sit out there and work most of the day mm -hmm. because we need to have sunshine because vitamin D makes our bodies feel better. We need fresh air. We need, so those things that, that, that bring us joy, we need to do more of them. That's going to help us. Um, some other work. Uh, I, I myself, I'm actually, um, I, I've been sitting with what I can do as a collective healer since I'm not doing my normal type of work. But as a hypnotist, I have the ability to bring uh, group hypnosis sessions online. So I am uh, starting next Sunday. I'm actually putting the framework in uh, today and tomorrow. My assistant's going to get the information up, but I'm going to do a Sunday night um, hypnosis session online awesome. uh, with anyone who wants to. So we're going to address things like um, subconsciously resetting your nervous system so that you can bring, bring that, that stress and anxiety level down. Um, I'm going to do a session on sleep and uh, giving yourself a sleep trigger so that you can experience deep sleep when you do sleep. And, and because I know a lot of people like their sleep is interrupted right now. Um, another one I'm going to do regular, you know, regulating your emotions during this time and then creating a safety and um, comfort or a safety anchor and hypnosis and anchor is a space that we can take you back visual or in through visualization that we anchor like a for this in particular if we're doing safety where we anchor a feeling of safety in your body and so if you get to a point where you're not feeling safe you can do a physical um, action. So if let's just say when you're in hypnosis, the physical action that I direct you to do is to put your fingers together. So you put your fingers together, you take a deep breath, count to 10, and you allow yourself to inside go to that place of safety. And so that it again, it starts to regulate your body and the ways that you uh, respond to the stress of, of what's happening. And so well, that's amazing. So that yeah. again, uh, we'll, we'll put the, the link um, once uh, Rochelle provides it so that these are amazing tools that, uh, you know, tuning into them um, is, is, is vitally, vitally important, I yeah. think, at this time. So, no. I do have, I have one more thing. Um, give yourself some grace. Don't mm -hmm. pressure yourself to do or accomplish anything that you aren't moved to accomplish and do. I think mm -hmm. a big part of, even for myself, is I had to get through the first couple of weeks or two or three weeks just being still, not mm -hmm. pressuring myself to be super productive and do all these things and show up in the, because I think as a healer, I'm, I, I felt like this internal pressure to show up and provide something. And my body has been completely resistant to that so much that I couldn't even think of anything to do. Mm -hmm. So much that I think I, I developed like a jaw infection, like I have an infection that I'm taking antibiotics Right now because I carried so much stress. And so these right. theories that I'm getting ready to, to do really were my own personal ways of trying to, to regulate. So allow yourself to slow down. Don't feel pressure to be super productive. Listen to the collective, the collective voice right now that is saying, slow down, relax, and just let yourself be. Because that is the most important thing I think you could do right now is give yourself that space. Well, this has been truly amazing, um, just the, the, the sharing and, you know, having people recognize that the, the things that they can do, right? And we are not defined by our past or pain of our past, which is 
which is ultimately what I hear Rochelle saying, and it's what I truly believe too. And the authentic self is there. Sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta dig a little bit and you gotta do some different work and it takes time and it takes a lot of courage to be able to look back into those places. But once you lift those kind of heavy, heavy boulders off yourself, all it does is it exposes who you really are. Because that, 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 that inner space within yourself is there. It gets pricked and prodded by things and situations like we are experiencing now in the world. Yeah. But, but collectively, we're being told there's, an, there's a transformation, there's an evolution that's going to come mm-hmm. where you know, there were some things that the world collectively needed to do different. And now the universe is saying, guess what? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, there's an opening. Yeah. And you know, all we can do is to focus on what we have control over. Um, and to take care of ourselves um, as much as we can. Yeah. So, Rachel, this has been truly amazing. Thank you so much. I have learned so much um, from sharing with you today. And Thank you. my takeaway is just to go through this period with grace. That's all you can do. I think that's yeah. the most important thing that you can do. Just allow yourself the space to just be. So just be. And on that note, I would I would say thank you so much for being on Repshell. It's uh, it's always I'm always uh, touched by the the lives that I've um, come in contact with, um, even before this began, and and to have the privilege to be able to share your voice and your wisdom with everybody that's out there listening. Um, so again, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, it's Roxanne Durhage. Um, if you're wanting to learn a little bit more about um, how to be authentically connected to yourself. Uh, you can go to my website and there's a link uh, for uh, a course that you could explore um, or you can reach out to me just to do uh, you know, a free consultation about what you might need to do at this time. So again, thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.